Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. I am your host, Brian Kochi, here as part of Whistle Realty Group, the director of media. Um, I am joined by my co-host today, not Kyle Whistle, but instead, Chad. Chad, go say hi. Hello. Chad, what is your role here on the, the, in the company? Well, I mainly shoot properties, uh, photographer, and I'm also doing social media posts, um, video. Maybe we should uh, check to make sure you know what you're um, doing before um, you come <laughs> up and do it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So today on the Whistleway podcast, I want to kind of introduce Chad. He is a member on, on our team. He's been here for almost two years. Um, and like he says, does property photos, property videos, social media, uh, agent lifestyle photos. And I want to kind of give you a glance into what he does, how to find someone like him, um, and kind of break that down for you. So before we get into that, um, if you ha- want to get more information about us here at Whistle Realty Group or, or more information to help your um, business, you can follow us on thewhistleway.com. Um, that is thewhistleway.com. You can find out, you can join our Facebook group, subscribe to our YouTube channel, listen to this podcast, uh, join our newsletter, newsletter um, join the referral network, or, oh, I got to move the things around, um, or learn about our Media Mayor Mastermind. That is our online course that Kyle and I have done that explains everything we know about video uh, going pa- back about seven years and updating it as we go forward. Um, and so really kind of dive in and get to know more about video. This isn't going very well. The course is much better than this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Um, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, hit the bell. That way when Kyle gets back, you can watch him host this much better than I do. And uh, yeah, and get caught up with kind of what we're doing and, and some agent tips that we're putting out videos weekly there. So that is thewhistleway.com. If you like this uh, and you're listening on your podcast, podcast uh, please give us a review because we would appreciate that. Um, it helps other people find out about the show. That's a pretty good uh, muffled version of what Kyle normally says. That was good. It wasn't. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. All right, so Chad, let's really start out. When did you join Whistle? I think it was uh, February 11th of 2020, I think, was my already. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> like, you know, somewhere around there. and that About was, two years. Yeah, about two years, and that was a month before COVID shut the world down. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. I uh, was working at Barona 15 years. So Barona is an Indian casino. Sorry, Barona Casino is a casino for Native Americans. Sorry. No, it's okay. Damn it. Um, and uh, for a little bit there, I was doing both jobs. So I was doing graveyard at Barona Casino for a while um, while doing this job as well. I'd get off work from there, and then I'd come to work pretty much. And then... Um, I think I believe you actually, do you want to backtrack on how I found it first or? Sure. So how did you find out about us? And I, I tell me about the job when you started. I think it was, you started as part-time, correct? Yeah, it was part-time because I had the other job. But I remember, I think you posted something on Facebook. It was really bizarre too. Like the questions that you asked me, something about, <laughs> do you own cat? Do you have a cat? <laughs> and like, I just remember that like distinctly and like, do you have a cat? And, and I, so I, I think it submitted once. I, I don't know if I heard back from you or it was, uh, I think I did hear something back. Cause I remember the other guy that was before me, you're like, uh, we didn't know where we were going cause you were part of Zillow. Yeah. And, uh, or no, I think I submitted it and then I didn't hear nothing, but then I saw a post again. So I resubmitted again and that's when I heard back from you. So I think what was happening is the, the, the Zillow thing was going through 
And you kind of were in flux and you didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so let's back that up a little bit. So we had the Zillow offers program um, for a while. Um, that got to be two, more than Tom and I could handle. And so we brought on another uh, photographer. He was with us for the program. We trained him up, got him going. Um, when we parted ways with Zillow Flex, uh, sorry, not Flex, Zillow Offers, um, that, and we didn't know exactly what was going to happen next, um, that photographer said, this isn't for me. I don't want to kind of live in this uh, limbo, even though I knew I was going to keep him on. Um, so he took a step back. He stepped out. And then we were looking for someone else. And so that's when I reached out. And so you submitted, what, and what, to give you guys some more context, um, we were look, I posted on Facebook, just a simple Google sheet. And uh, I'll find that and I'll, I'll, we'll put that in the show notes. And so I just asked a couple questions, posted on my Facebook. People always ask me, hey, how do we find someone for your media team? I just posted it on Facebook. I said, this is what I'm looking for. Um, I think I asked name, contact information, um, the experience asking about experience, yeah, and, and then, like what kind of gear you shot on, I yeah, and I might have even asked what they expected to receive, which I found out very quickly that that's a bad question, yeah, because people were saying two hundred bucks an hour, fifty bucks an hour, and they were really looking for kind of the like a gig rate. They didn't understand that it was a um, full time or right. part time with with benefits that sort of stuff. So really, kind of dove into what you're looking for, and then I kind of reached out and we had an interview. You came on part-time for a couple months, COVID hit, and then we brought you on full-time pretty soon after it was, that. It was like, uh, <laughs> I think in July, I came on full-time. Yeah. So I was working, but what was that? A couple months, five months maybe? Cool. I think that's uh, exactly part-time. what Tom did too. His part-time for probably about that time, he was also working a second job. He was also working, he was working overnights. You were working 3 a.m. to... Yeah, it was, it was really nerve-wracking too, right? So you're doing 15 years at a job, almost 16 years. It's all you know, and you know, you're know you really comfortable. And I remember you, you're like, dude, I need you to come on full-time. I'm like, well, they pretty much asked me for a number, and it came back to you, and you, we all agreed. And then I said, can I say fuck it? You can say fuck it. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> uh, let's do this. And I like how you covered it, and it didn't, do, it didn't muffle it at all. <laughs> no, you know, I was just pretty nerve-wracking, so I took a chance, you know what I mean? And probably the best decision I made in 15 years. So wonderful. You're like the best one now is hopefully buying the house. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So if someone is looking to find someone like you, do they just hit up casinos or, or how, if, if you were looking to, to, to hire another photographer here at whistle, what would you do? Well, good question. Um, the platform that you use, I think, was really effective because it put it in front of a lot of eyes, um, and somehow I don't even know—I don't even think I was your friend. So somehow I s- still seen it. So just using those platforms, they can still have the range, even though they're not your personal friend, because somebody could see that post and then tag you in that post, and then it brings it to the eyes of other people, you know. And I think I got—I'm kind of in a unique spot because I'm a photographer myself. I think I shared—I think how you saw it is I shared it in a couple of different groups. So what I'd recommend doing is if you're looking to hire someone, specifically photography or photo video, join some local photography groups. I just looked for San Diego photography and there's San Diego photographers, San Diego photographers, meet and greet, photographers in San Diego, whatever. I think I'm a part of all of the groups, by the way. (laughs) I I think I am too. And that's how I found you. And so I just went in there, um, joined a bunch of groups, posted on my own personal page, posted in the groups. 
Um, you can post it on Instagram and just say like in the post, if, you, if you're doing it on your personal post, hey, who do you know that might want this job? It's this, 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 this. And just like if you go into a, a local group and see someone who's like, I want a real estate agent to sell my house, you'll get 10,000 comments. Um, if you post, hey, who knows someone that's great at taking photos, wants to do social media, will learn video, blah, 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 and wants to work on a full-time doing media for, for their job, you'll get a bunch of people tagging their friends and put the link in there of, or like say they, they come in and say, hey, I think Tom would be great. And Tom's like, cool, that's cool. Send, send Tom a message or post in the Facebook comment, hey, Tom, fill out this application here. I have to say, though, uh, taking photos of structures is a little bit different than shooting people, just so everybody knows. Because uh, I've been shooting photos and people since 2015 and really comfortable in what I do in my craft. And it's funny because Brian knows that I'm like, well, he even thought that was going to come here. I'm like, okay, cool. And he'd show me and then I'd do it. And then it's just totally different. It's like the organic nature of a person and editing a person is totally different than shooting a home. But yes, that's something that another skill you'd have to acquire, I guess. So yeah, that's a great point. When you're looking into hiring someone, looking at their portfolio of experience, um, like Chad said, photographing people is way... And he and I came from similar backgrounds, portraits and weddings. And I knew he was going to come in here saying this is super easy. Obviously, the house doesn't move. This is going to be way easier. Um, and then hit him pretty hard after a couple of shoots going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I've shot yeah. for years and I can't figure out how to make this work right. Um, so know that when you're hiring someone. And I always use the analogy of someone... If you have someone that's a driver for a living, say they drive UPS trucks. Well, they drive. Shouldn't they be able to drive a semi? And shouldn't they be able to drive a NASCAR? They're different mm -hmm. skill sets, right? Your UPS driver is not going to be the best NASCAR driver, and your NASCAR driver is not going to be your best UPS driver. So finding finding someone and then making sure that they have the right skill set. So one of the things um, that I did with Chad and I think also with Tom is I took him on a test shoot. I said, hey, look, let's go out and do a shoot. I showed them how to do it. I had them watch me how to do or I had them watch me how to do it. I had them do it. And kind of we worked together that way for a while to see if they were going to be the right fit for us. Talk about that experience a little bit. Yeah, so just by watching, you can only do learn so much by watching. But me, I'm just speaking for myself. It could be different for somebody else. But I have to learn hands-on. And I think the only way of learning this job is actually doing it in the practical aspect of doing it. I know that, like, what was it? Like, you even gave me some printout sheets to, to make sure that you get, like, a certain amount of, because uh, you have to take a minimum of 25 photos. Yep. So you can get kind of lost in the, like, lost in the sauce, as Tom always says. You can get kind of lost and forget how many rooms you shoot. But, I mean, after a while, you get it all down. And, you know, four images for the uh, living room, four for the kitchen, and then four for the master. You're pretty much dialed in, pretty close to where you want to be on that number. Um, every house is different, obviously, you know, using those little sheets as a guide at first and then, you know, winging off those for a little bit and getting more comfortable in it. And, um, but I must say though, things have changed a little bit since I started, even then, like we never used to do like measurements of rooms and doing the jot form and doing some of the things that, um, I forgot what Yvonne was, um, what her title was here that we're kind of doing for them in the field. Listing coordinator. Yeah. So we do a little bit of listing coordinator stuff in the field for them and, uh, so before we go into what you do, I want to kind of dive into exactly why we keep growing our in-house staff. Obviously, if you guys have listened to the podcast, you know uh, we here love to hire VAs, uh, and we're continuing continuing to grow our VA hiring staff in our media department. 
Um, currently looking for some more video and photo editors as we go. Um, but I've run this math time and time and time again. And every time that I say, hey, I need to hire a new photographer, they say, well, can we outsource it? It happens every time. And I say no, and they say prove it, and then I prove it. And so this is the math I did. And this is kind of, I'm going to start with the math that Kyle did to hire me and then the math that I do to hire my guys is he said, okay, we do um, this many shoots a year and the average price is this. You know, so if we did, let's say we did 100 shoots and the average price was 200 bucks, that means that's what, 20 grand um, just to do property photos. So if you can, if, if that's what your numbers look like, which they're probably pretty far off, but if that's what your number looks looks like, that means you know you can afford someone for 20 grand to do property shoots and then you can have them do a bunch of other things. Um, how I've decided to kind of do the math on my side and see if it makes financial sense to hire our guys, they do, and fill me in on everything we do at a property. You do photos of the property. Correct. Videos of the property. Videos. Uh, a Zillow 3, 3D uh, scan. Uh, walk through floor plan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a floor plan. Uh, measurements of all the rooms. Right. And then you do what we call it our listing input form, but this is kind of um, part of the information that we need to enter into the MLS. So what kind of flooring, what kind of gas, gas or electric sto- or stove right. and, and dryer. How many bedrooms, the measurements, yeah. you know, the gas. So rather yeah. than relying on old tax records, we look at it this way. Mm-hmm. We actually check the information like you guys do as well. I know that's the truth. So every time I look, I say, okay, well, if we need this many more shoots, let me find, I, I always look three to five photography companies that would be able to scale with us. I'm not looking for a, an individual photographer. I want a company that has multiple photographers. So that way they can fit our schedule. And that way, if we build our business around it and that one Joe Blow says, oh, okay, I'm doing weddings now. I don't want to do this anymore. Then we have to start the whole thing over. So I look for three to five photography companies. I decide where they're at in terms of price and quality and kind of match them up where we are. And then just the price of their photos to do just photos of the house yeah, it was just photos. versus everything we do, it was so much cheaper to hire someone in-house than outsource that. Now, if we had to outsource one or two or three shoots, sure. But if we have to do three or four shoots a week, then it makes a lot more sense to bring in-house. Yeah, because we noticed, I think even Tom and, and I kind of were doing some research on what you would take to outsource. And I think the minimum was like the 200, but that was just for photos. I think that was even the lowest number, but then they had a lot of a la carte. Like if you want to do 360, it's like another 150. If you want to do drone, drone, this is another. So you can be getting up there really quick and it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, what we found out was to do all that we do to outsource it and not include the listing input form. It was like 800 bucks a shoot. Yeah. And so we said, okay, how many shoots are we going to have? Divide it by how much we're going to be paying the person. I think the the cheapest it would be to outsource it would be like 60 bucks an hour. I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't make 60 bucks an hour. So maybe I should outsource it. <laughs> um, so that's why we brought it in-house. Chad, talk, so let's go a little bit more in depth about what you do at a property. So we said you take properties, photos of the property. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so like one run through the whole process as soon as I get there? Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, actually something that we started uh, maybe a few months ago is like we actually sent out a text message to like the property owners, right? So what we'd be running into the fact that it'll get there sometimes and then the property owner wouldn't like wouldn't be really prepared. 
And like the house would be like dishes in the sink, you know, the curtains closed, the kids' toys everywhere. It was just a mess, right? So what we did is we put together uh, like a text system. Uh, client one would be like a shortcut to send out this text, letting them know what to expect when I get there, open up all the shades, close, uh, close all the toilet seats and make sure all, everything's picked up, etc. Um, and I'll do that like 24 hours in advance before I get there. Um, and try to get there a little bit early because you never know, like especially, you know, properties that I've never, I never heard of before, like some that are way out in Menifee or whatever. I like to get there a little early. Um, so I'll get there, um, knock on the door, introduce myself, um, let them know I'm here and make sure that everything's prepped. This is before I get everything out of the truck. Now it's a little different if I park far away because it wouldn't make sense, right? Let them know I'm here, um, let them get everything ready. So I'll just go back to the truck, get all my gear ready, come back. And so um, the, the uh, important about that, so you're checking in saying, hey, I'm here, I'm introducing ready. yourself, doing a quick tour of the house. I build out a little rapport real quick yep. I, immediately when I get there, you know, yep. introduce myself and... Uh, Get to fill the room, if you will. Yeah. So, And I do this as well. It helps me kind of prep mentally for how I'm going to shoot. But also, mm -hmm. usually I'll walk through with the owner and say, cool, can you make this bed? Can you turn on these lights? Right. Hey, do these blinds open up? And so as I'm getting my stuff prepped, they're now doing the final touches. We've already sent them a video. We've already sent them some text messages. Now they're just doing the final touches to make it, you know, hey, move the cars, bring the trash cans in the garage, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and it can be a little bit, uh, it's a little difficult now with this whole COVID thing, right? More people are working from home. A lot of people were home during the shoots. Before that, even when it was a month before I worked, it was totally different. No one was home. It's You just have access to the place and you go and you shoot it. But now, I want to say about 85% of the time, maybe 90, 85% of the time, the owner is actually home or the seller's home. And, and one of the things that we them. do is when we book the shoot, if the owner is going to be home, we actually add 30 minutes to the shoot mm -hmm. because things takes a little, take a little longer. Okay, so cool. You introduce yourself, get the lay of the land, go back to your truck, grab your stuff as they're doing the final touches. Yeah, so I'm going to use this actually as a reference. So the majority of the time, the, uh, the homeowner will be home. It's just That's just a new way of life, it seems, right? Everybody's working from home. So you kind of want to make, I want to make it as easy as possible to work around them. So I'm going to ask them either if it's like a two-story, can you wait downstairs or I'll do the downstairs first, have them wait upstairs, or if there's a bedroom and I can do it last, right? So I'm trying to think ahead of time what will be a less stressful situation, having them walk upstairs, walk downstairs, oh, can you move again? Because you still got to get to that 360 camera, and I have to explain every time to them that, yeah, you can move around, but I'm going to have to have you move again, and we're going to be chasing you around the house because that camera can see 360 degrees around the room, right? But a lot of people don't seem to get it, but... And a it's 360 fine. camera, we use the Theta, I think it's S. The theta, yeah, Theta S. Um, and it's pretty inexpensive. It's 350 bucks. It's It looks about the size of this. It's about the size of a couple AA batteries, yeah. maybe a little bit bigger than that. Image is okay. Image is okay. It um, has a lens on the front and the back, and that's what we use to do the Zillow 3D tour. Right. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'll have them move around, and then I'll, I'll, I'll generally, this is how I like to work. I'll generally do the photos first, just because I, I, that's the most time-consuming. Um, and then I'll run into the 360 just because I'll have them on their toes the majority of the time. And like, look, I'm going to go grab the 360 and just have you move over here for a second. And then I'll do the jot form, which is that uh, measurements and all the, the, the input and, uh, information that I put on the app at yeah. the very end. Uh, sometimes I will do that first just because it's easier if I have an agent there. Um, so that's another thing. Yeah, if the agent will come, it's a little bit easier before the agent leaves to handle all of that before they leave. I'm like, okay, is it this, this, this? There might be a question that I might have and the agent can answer it right then. Or the homeowner's there and like sometimes they'll stay for a little bit and before they leave, I can knock that out. 
Cool. So I'll generally, like like I said, you can get the feel of the room or just it's everything circumstantial. Every shoot's different, which is why I tell Brian, keep me out there in the field all the time and keep me out of the office because I love working out there. I mean, every day's different. I love being hands-on with stuff and, you know. And yeah, depending on kind of where you're at with your business, um, it, it might make sense to hire someone like Chad if you have um, kind of a team already where they can teach them how, they can teach Chad how to, this is how you shoot, this is how you edit, and you can kind of walk them through and do more hands-on. Um, if if you're starting your media team from scratch, um, maybe find someone more like Tom, who's who, um, that sounds horrible. Find a guy like so, Tom. <laughs> that's a, the, that can figure his shit out on his own, but we all kind of work together, and that, that's not the truth either. But really kind of figure out how the person is, how they learn best, and how you can... Um, kind of teach them. If you have a lot of photo experience yourself, you can find someone that maybe needs a lot more more help. If you have no photo experience yourself, then you're going to probably have to pay a little bit more to find someone that can do it and learn on their own. Yeah. And then like, that's not even counting Twilight sessions, right? We haven't really Twilight talked about Twilight or Drone. Twilight. And so that, that kind of adds to it. So Twilight sessions are later. We usually start, we start shooting Twilight. And I think if you wanted to outsource something like that, so if you wanted to do, like in the summertime especially, right, Cal, we'd like to do a split shift. Now, if you're going to hire, and I can only assume this is how it works, if you're going to hire a photographer outsourcing it, they're going to do photos in the day, and then it's either you're going to charge them for the whole time that they're going to be there until it's the Twilight shoot, or they'll do the a la carte and then just come back later. But I can only imagine they're just going to mark up the price anyways if they have to leave, pay for the gas and all that, especially right now too. Like a ten dollars a gallon or whatever it is, but usually right now what people will do is if you outsource it into other companies, they'll show up later, and but then all the windows will look really blue and you won't get the the nice daytime right. crispy images. And so that's you a good point. Of, so we were just talking about a shoot we we're going to do Monday. How we like to do the split shifts because the sun will come up in a certain direction that will actually expose the building a lot better and then give contrast to the view, which is what talking about over here in CNT what we usually do that for um, and then come back later to do the twilight and so this again we're kind of getting in the weeds here but what, yeah. what's great about that is when you hire someone in-house um, you're able to have that flexibility with the same fixed cost where as opposed to if you're hiring someone outsourcing it's going to be uh, 200 bucks for the daytime shoot and then an extra 300 bucks for the twilight shoot where when we do it, it's just based on hours, and, and we can kind of rearrange the schedule. So finding someone that's that's flexible with schedules, finding someone that has experience in photography, preferably some sort of real estate or, or architectural, but if not, just photography. Um, Basic fundamentals. Yeah. And then finding some... Did I say flexible schedule? Yes. I think that was the first one I said. Um, and finding someone... The, the other big one is, and I think Chad and Tom are both great at this, um, even Cedric, our VA, is finding someone who's willing to learn and grow on their own to where, yes, I can sit down and teach Chad, but there's a lot of times where he goes, oh, by the way, I found this new thing or I'm doing this now. And and so finding someone that can grow on their own to where you don't have to be the one saying, hey, try and shoot it this way or try and do that. Something that they'll, that'll take that and grow with it. Right. Any else? Anything else to tell an agent that's looking to hire someone like you for their team? Sure, my number is... Uh... <laughs> Cut. I'm just, um, and so th that's obviously all photo. Um, and th this, I think, is pretty interesting. Chad, how much experience did you have with video before you came on Whistle? So 
So I had about as much experience as my brain thought I did. So I actually never put my camera in video. Um, it was always in the back of my mind. I always wanted to get into it, but I never, it was, I think the intimidating part was, it's just a totally different, like terminology of the video, just everything about video is different than photo, right? Um, so I just, it was always in the back of my mind of doing it. And it's funny because I bring that up to you, like actually in my last review, and I was like, I came here not knowing shit about video, and now I can do this, this, this. So yeah, and I think uh, video is future. So that's something I'm still continually trying to grow in. So one thing I would, I had a, a little bit more experience with video when I got hired here. Um, and so something I just want to kind of put in your brain if you're watching this, of you don't have to hire a video expert up front. What we did is we hired someone that was, what Whistle did, what Kyle did, is hired someone who had photo skills and was going to be cheaper to in-house the photos than outsource the photos. Right. And then I grew with video as as he grew. And so right away we had a cost savings because we were doing in-house. And then we're saving more and more and more and more as we get better and better and better with video. Um, so don't be immediately, don't immediately disqualify someone if they have no video experience. If they're super willing to learn, if they've, tried some before, even if it's not great, but you can see that they, they have room to grow, don't immediately disqualify someone that doesn't have video experience. Correct, because I wouldn't be sitting here talking on a podcast. Neither would I. And, well, Tom would. Tom would. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's kind of our rundown of kind of how to find a photographer, uh, what we do here, uh, what Chad does here as a photographer, and kind of some ways, to, some tips and tricks on kind of moving forward with that. Before we end the show, uh, subscribe, like, comment, do all those cool things. Write us a review, please. That'd be helpful. But be after you do all that, now we want to get into our widget of the week. Our widget, whistle widget of the week is something that we use in our business that saves us time, makes us money, or just makes life easier for us. Um, Chad, tell me about your widget. Yeah, actually, I'll start because um, I have this Bosch laser um, tape measure and I can really speak on this right now because I'm in the, currently in the process of buying a home and I didn't have this on me. So I had to measure the rooms with a tape measure, but the tape measure wasn't long enough. So having a, le a laser measure, a laser tape, tape measure, measure, yes, laser tape measure, um, really beneficial. And I use this all the time when I um, do the shoots. Yeah. So it's like 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah. It's, I mean, how long does it take you to measure a house with that? Uh, five minutes. Yeah. Versus... 45 minutes with a stupid dumb. So yeah, that one's awesome. I think we have four of them in our office. Mine is something that we use for every listing that we have. We all know the power of social media. We all know the power not only of getting eyeballs to our listings, but also following through on a lot of the promises we make to our sellers, and that is doing advertising to your listings. Now, what we could do is every time we have a listing that goes live, the media team could take the photos, take the description, take all the information, create an ad, run it, split test it, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then after we do that, once it does an open house, we can run another ad. And once it goes pending, we can do another ad. Once it is on the market for a certain amount of time, we can do another ad. If we want to do a different target market, we can do another ad. We can do that. We've got the team that could do that. It's a lot of work. It's a pain in the ass, but we can do it. You can do it. It's not that difficult. What's great that we do is the media team, the marketing team, doesn't even mess with that with our listings. Our operations team does. And they do it with about the click of about three buttons. 
Um, so we use YLOPO as our CRM. Sorry. We use YLOPO as our uh, website. We use Follow Up Boss as our CRM. And one of the features that I love about YLOPO is they have this thing called a listing rocket. And the listing rocket allows our operations department with just a few clicks of the button to uh, run ads on our properties for us. And not only will they change the ad based on the life cycle of the property, um, if it's brand new, if there's an open house, if there's a, if it's a stale listing, that sort of thing. Um, you can also target specific market or uh, demographics based on the most likely buyer of that house. So with a few clicks of the button, they can run this listing rocket on every listing. It's dynamic, it updates, it's wonderful. Um, it advertises our property to likely buyers, but it also follows through on a promise to our sellers that we will get your stuff on social media very easy and quickly. So my widget this week is the listing rocket from YLOPO. Your widget's way cooler than mine. Way cooler. <laughs> but it's okay. I've done a clicky pen before, and Kyle didn't like that. Yeah. So Or sticky notes. I don't know what he... Yeah, whatever. Tom, Tom doesn't like my... My phone necklace. I still think it's cool. So thank you guys so much for tuning into the Whistle Way podcast. We will see you all next week.